0: of the Uncle Marv podcast. Tonight, I am pleased to be bringing you a non-beach person in terms of satellite beach high school that I went to. Uh, I've made a move over to Palm Beach Atlantic, which is the college that I attended and got my undergrad degrees in because, yes, I did get two degrees at Palm Beach Atlantic. I only use one. So, the other one basically was uh, was nothing. But tonight, I am joined by Todd Shoemaker. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Okay., uh, so just to preface everyone, so I've had Todd on a podcast before that was on my tech podcast, even though we pretty much talked all personal stuff there. But um, Todd and I might seem a little familiar, so don't worry about that. I will try to do my best to. Get everybody in the loop, and uh, hopefully have no behind-the-scenes jokes or anything like that. So, <laughs> Todd, if you can help me keep everybody on pace, we'll, uh, we'll okay. do that as best we can. And uh, just so that you know, we are live on both YouTube and the Facebook. So, as people join in, they might want to pop in some questions there, Todd. I'll pop them up on the screen so you can okay. see them and, and respond. And uh, folks, Todd is actually mobile. He's not at his usual homestead, so he doesn't have the usual setup. I think you're doing this
1: on your iPhone, aren't you? I'm actually doing this on my Kindle. Oh, the Kindle. Yeah. All right. So, So new experience there. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: All right. So why don't we start
1: with the obvious? Since you're not
0: home, where are
1: you? I am in Crawfordsville, Florida, which is right outside of Tallahassee.
0: Tallahassee. I know
1: Crawfordville. Yeah. yeah, so do it are up visiting. there. The the Knolls aren't uh-huh. playing. Well, I'm not a Knoll. I'm a Gator. So uh-huh. um, this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, my wife's family, her uh, dad, brother, and sister live up here. Okay. So we came just to to visit since she is since so she's working from home these days. She can uh, work from anywhere. So we figured we would take a few days and uh travel up here.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask uh how is Laura and how are you guys doing during the pandemic?
1: Uh we're doing fine. Uh it really hasn't affected us much as, you know, in a personal personal way. I'm still I'm still out and about doing my thing and uh not really, you know, I'm being cautious when I'm out, but I'm right. not uh I'm not hunkered up at home.
0: Good. Good. Is Laura there? I should have asked that uh, to see if Laura would
1: pop on here. I haven't uh, talked to her in a while. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll be able to get her on. She's just about to have dinner with her brother and his wife. So, oh.
0: All right, well, if she yeah. gets a chance to come and wave, tell her I'd love to see the yeah. wave. Um, all right, so we're going to start backwards. Normally, we would okay. start with the whole story of how we met and, and all of that stuff. But I want to start backwards because I really was expecting to go see you in March, finish a marathon. And that did not happen. Yeah.
1: Well, so it's just a 5k, uh, just a 5k that time.
0: Just, I mean, <laughs> who runs 5k anymore? Not many of us. <laughs> uh, I certainly don't, but um, let me ask. So did you keep running? Like, are you still running and, and, and yeah, working still, and doing all that?
1: Yeah, still running. Um, About twice a week, maybe three times a week uh, on a good week. And uh, let's see, March, well, about a week after that 5K, um, I actually did uh, complete a half marathon. Okay. So.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: You you didn't didn't post
0: or I didn't see it maybe. I just uh,
1: wasn't paying attention. So, yeah. So, yeah, did a a half marathon uh, late March. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. And survived. And survived, yes. (laughs) So now let's catch everybody up to speed because running was something that you were not expected to be doing many years
1: ago, right? No, I wasn't. Well, you know, to be honest, I wasn't expected to to make it through 2019, Mm. you know. So doctor said that 19 would be it for me. So we had a little surprise for him. So, all
0: right. So, when did they tell you that specifically?
1: Because, uh, and yeah, in April, yeah, in April of last year, the doctors, um, called Laura and I into the office. And, you know, whenever you get that call of, hey, make sure you bring your wife, you know, it's never, uh, never right. great news. And, uh, they said, you know, you've been, you put up a good fight for 17 years, uh, but at this point, uh, you're in what was called a wasting syndrome where my body had just gotten so tired and so beat up from treatments, from not being able to eat. Uh, You know, at that point I was down to 112 pounds uh, and uh, not a good look when you're six feet tall. Um, So, but uh, yeah, they told us that they would be surprised if I made it through the year. Mm. So to be prepared, you know, get us prepared for that. But, you know, we've been prepared for that. I did my funeral arrangements years ago. When they told me i had 24 hours to live so so we pretty much uh have all that taken care of
0: all right well without going into too much detail which we can do if you want but whatever you want yeah i mean this has got to be something where the doctors have to be beside themselves yes trying to figure out you know how to i don't even say how to diagnose you but how to how to deal with someone like you that you know basically the person nicknamed the man who refuses Oops. to die.
1: Right, so. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my healing happened November 3rd of last year. Okay. And, uh, you know, the doctors at this point, you know, their their explanation for this point is, well, you're in remission. Um, and I'm like, well, the issues that I have don't go into remission, so. But, you know, like I shared with the doctor, I said, if that's how you get paid, you know, if that's the billing code that you need to use remission, then you go do that because I know I want you to get paid. But, you know, even some doctors are like, you know, have shared that they can't say it's a miracle because, of course, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them don't believe in that. Um, But they definitely can't explain. um, They definitely can't explain how things, uh, where I'm at now to be able to be able to talk. Cause I know the last time you and I did the, uh, uh, podcast, you know, I was talking with a machine, uh, to help me speak. And I was on a feeding tube and, I am um, I don't have either of those, uh, anymore. Right. I mean, so, a, lot, a lot has changed definitely. So yes,
0: well, let's do this. Let's try to at least give everybody a picture of back then, because, we had talked yeah. about all the things that you had been diagnosed with up till right. then, starting with, you know, way back in
1: 2002, the 2000, 2003 diagnosed with cancer, 2003, well, okay. 2002, well 2002 diagnosed with four forms of crippling arthritis. Right, so, arthritis you were, right. so you were right. yeah. And then to come to find out that was actually cancer, not arthritis. Okay. And, uh, did okay with that, you know. Had surgery and um, came out flying colors. No chemo, no radiation. That was the, um, that was the thymus cancer, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That was the open heart surgery with the thymus cancer. Came out of that fine. Uh, did well for a number of years, and then 2007 was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's. Okay, and still did okay with that. A little slower at that point, but uh, I was doing fine, and then. Uh, 2009, I was rushed to the hospital on a Friday night and given 24 hours to live. uh, And I was diagnosed at that point with myasthenia gravis, which basically kind of eats your muscles away uh, and affects your lung muscles and your breathing and everything else. And that's pretty much where I would say, you know, my story, you know, my journey has been a 17 year journey, but I would say from 2009 until my healing uh last year those were the worst years right there because every day was kind of touch and go like i mean i was from 2009 until 2000 until last year i mean i was constantly considered in a critical state by the doctors
0: now before you continue this is Mm -hmm. kind of where i re-enter the picture because i hadn't seen you since college it was right 2014 so Correct. it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say right after the, uh, myasthenia gravis, but right. that was in the midst of all of this stuff. And you hadn't yet, you know, gotten on the feeding tube.
1: Right. And had not yet been on the, uh, machine to help me talk. Right. Uh, um, so, and even
0: then, I mean, that was, I mean, you weren't ailing and I mean, it was something where you were out in public. You had came out to eat with us and yeah. I mean, it wasn't like people would look at you and say, oh, something's wrong there. So
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have seen me in person last year, you would. I mean, I've had several friends come up to me since and go, we really didn't. You know, every time we saw you, we thought it would be the last time that we would see you. You looked you looked that bad. Hmm. So now I put on some weight and back to running. So. All right. And then, so let's,
0: let's go ahead and go back. So I saw you in 2014 Mm -hmm. and it was in 2015 that the next diagnosis came along.
1: Right. The gastroparesis where my stomach, uh, my stomach muscles were basically paralyzed. So I couldn't digest anything going down. So it just kind of sat there. And, uh, so couldn't digest, couldn't eat solid food, Right. Right, right. No solid foods and had even had trouble with uh, fluids uh, at the end. I wasn't drinking or eating uh, any last year. All right. So now when we talked last year, you hadn't gotten
0: that bad. You had actually just uh, you had just finished a couple of cruises. You had just finished traveling up to see President Jimmy Carter at
1: Sunday school. Yes. Yes. And you were supposed to be going back there. I mean, and we did. Yeah. We went back in November. Okay. Yep. Um, and well, you know, I must say that my, my theater degree from Palm Beach land, came in very handy the last few years. Cause I was really able to put on a good face, um, for a lot of people because, and that's just kind of my nature to be more of an encourager, um, and really just kind of trudge through things. But I mean, probably even though we enjoyed Alaska, we enjoyed Cuba, we enjoyed, uh, hanging out with president Carter. I mean, even Lauren, I both look back and go, yeah, that was kind of crazy to put my, to put my body through that. Um, but you know, they're great memories. And I mean, we still, we still talk to people from, uh, from Plains, Georgia, and they still check in on me and, uh, so, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of what people saw last year was me putting on a very good face because the pain level was terrible and I couldn't take pain meds, um, because they mess with the myasthenia gravis. So I was usually at that point, I was usually at a level nine or 10 every day of pain.
0: I want to read you a thing that came up in the chat. I'm not going to throw it up there, but it says, Okay. Todd, I have been feeling sorry for myself during this whole pandemic. You have put so much in perspective for me. Thank you for sharing your story.
1: Oh, well, thank you. That is a
0: sentiment that I think a lot of people would say to you on a regular basis. But, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to keep reaching out to you is I know that when I was going through, well, I can't even say that I've been going through stuff because it just isn't on the same level, but, you know, there would be times where people would come up to me. And say, you know, how is it that you're, you know, always so happy and cheerful and things never bother you? And, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of different reasons. One is it's just the choice that you make, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And um, in your case, and in a lot of people's cases, it's the faith as well, too. You know, when when you are comfortable in your life and knowing what's in store for you afterwards, there's a calmness that comes Mm -hmm. over. Um, it's, it's just something where I want to make sure that people understand that, you know, putting on a brave face, it's not easy. And and if you've got pain levels at nine and 10, you know, that's tough to do. But, you know, even in your book, and I referenced this last time we talked, I forget what page it is, but you made a very strong statement of saying you didn't want to look or act sick.
1: Yeah. Well, Marvin, if I can, if I can just expound on that just a bit when Uh in 2009, when I was given 24 hours to live, you know, everybody's always like, Oh my gosh, like, what did you pray? It must've been some amazing prayer because you're still here. And I said, the only thing that God told me to pray was to never look sick and to never act sick. And I thought to my, and I told Laura at the time, I said, she's like, what do you, what do you, what's going on? I said, the Lord just told me to pray never to look sick or to act sick. And she said, well, you're on morphine. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if God's talking to you right now, (laughs) if that's just the morphine. Um, but you know, what's amazing about that, Marvin is that since that day, you know, I, as you know, I used to average between 150 to 200 days a year in the hospital. Um, and From 2009 until last year. And I don't have, I mean, I don't have names or anything like that, but I probably have had the chance to share my story and to share the gospel with probably over a thousand people because people will see me, especially when I would go in for treatments, they'd go, Well, why are you here? You don't look sick. And I'd say, Well, let me share a little bit with you about why I don't look sick. So, you know, it's been a great, um, it's been a great way for me to share my story and to share my faith with people in a way that's not offensive. Right.
0: All right. Well, that's, uh, that's admirable. And obviously it's the way that you've lived this whole time. So, yeah, I mean, it's not something that's miraculous in, in when you look at the total picture. Um, Right. So I guess that's the thing. All right. So you were now we talked about when I talked to you last. I forget when we did the podcast, but you were going to go back in November. You saw Jimmy Carter. You were also supposed to be meeting Johnny Bench.
1: Uh, I did meet Johnny Bench. Um had dinner with him uh October of uh-huh. last year. Uh had dinner with him and got to hang out with him for a few hours. So that uh you know that was an amazing You know, that was an amazing event that a friend of mine is actually neighbors uh, with him. And uh, she was able to put that together for me.
0: Okay. All right. So you've been able to do, you know, some pretty, I don't want to say amazing things. I mean, just, you know, many of us are never going to have the chance to meet Jimmy Carter twice, uh, have have dinner with a, a Johnny Bench. But you were going through all of this stuff. And when did the turnaround actually happen? I remember seeing on the Facebook where you got the Miracle Car and all of this stuff, but yeah, what exactly the best way that you can describe it? What happened?
1: Okay, well, um on November third of last year, my wife and I attended a prayer and healing encounter with uh, Dr. Chauncey Crandall, and he's a World-renowned cardiologist uh, that actually lives in uh, Palm Beach County, okay. and and he had been my doctor since 2014 uh, because I'd had a few heart issues just because of all the stress on my on my body, and so I just used to see him just for checkups and everything. And he'd prayed for me. He's a he's a Christian man who uh, just loves the Lord and 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 loves helping people. And he had prayed for me. Many times, and I used to say, you know, you prayed for me, you prayed for me, and yet we don't see results. And he said, you know, Todd, it's all in God's timing. You know, he said He's using you in such a way during this journey that your healing may not come till heaven. And I was okay with that; like I never had an issue uh, with that. And so on November third, we had been invited to a healing service that he was conducting, and Really, I went because I had about 50 people that I had invited, and there was a lot of folks that uh, needed healing. And I didn't go with any expectations that I was going to receive any healing. I went with a lot of expectations that my uh, friends would. And so we went, and as we were standing there, and he had shared a little bit, he said, anybody that wants to come forward for prayer, for healing, come forward. So I stood up. And I just stood there for a few minutes, and I literally, I didn't audibly hear the word of God, I mean God's voice, but I heard him speak to my spirit and say, what are you doing? What are you just standing there for? This this whole night I created just for you. And so I went forward. He prayed over me. Another gentleman uh, prayed over me, and within minutes, I had my voice back. I had an appetite for the first time in almost four years, and the pain that I was in was gone, and I had my first meal that night in, over, in about four years, and ever since then, it's just, you know, things are, I'm still not back to normal. I still have some different issues that I deal with, but I mean, nothing compared to what I was dealing with uh, at that time.
0: Now, were you still with the voice box and the feeding
1: tubes at that time? Still still with the voice box, still with the feeding tube. I left that meeting that night without the voice box. Um, My voice came back strong. Uh, I was a little hoarse for a few weeks uh, just because I hadn't been using the muscles that much. Uh, But the feeding tube, it's an interesting story about the feeding tube, uh, is in November when we came back from uh, being in Plains, Georgia, I had caught pneumonia. Uh, and I was about two weeks after my healing and I had to be, uh, put in the hospital for a few days. And while I was there, I asked my doctor, I said, Hey, why I'm here. Can I just have this feeding tube taken out? Because I'm not, I'm not using the feeding tube anymore. And he goes, well, we'll have the surgeon look at it. So the surgeon who put the feeding tube in came in and, uh, he said, well, I got to look at it first. And when he touched the feeding tube, it literally fell out in his hand. He said he's never seen anything like that mm. in his life. And that, so that saved me two extra days in the hospital. So, so yes, yeah, so I've been eating and talking, uh, with my regular voice, uh, since November 3rd. Mm. All right.
0: So obviously a big change. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and from what you're saying, unexpected. Yes. And how did, like, I'm sure there was something in your mind that said, okay, how long will this last before I start reverting? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and even even today, if I wake up and I'm feeling a little off, sometimes, you know, my mind goes back to, okay, well, is this it? You know, my, go back. And God just reminds me that, hey, you know, you're fine you're gonna be fine, and regardless if I end up getting sick in the future with another issue or the issues come back, you know I'm I'm okay with uh, the life that he's given me and uh, the opportunities that he's given me. All right. So
0: we mentioned running at the beginning of the show because I yeah. I really was expecting to go and see you in a race. I'm sorry that I missed it, but. How long had it been between the runs? Because I know that it, it was quite some time.
1: Yeah, it had been ten and a half years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because the last time I ran, last time I ran was in. Uh, well, actually, yeah, about ten yeah, Because the last time I ran was in uh, early March of two thousand
0: nine. Okay. All right. Now to bring this back full circle with people you weren't a runner
1: at PBA. No, I had run a little bit in high school, uh-huh. but not much. All right.
0: You lived in the athletic dorms but you weren't an athlete.
1: I was I was a I was a wannabe athlete. <laughs> I had, you know, I mean I you know, I mean it's like all of us. I mean we all, you know, all of us played sports, you know, as kids and stuff like that, but no, I was not I was definitely not at PBA for my athletic ability. Right.
0: Neither was I, but I just pretended like uh I was with the basketball team. So.
1: Yeah. Um all right, so
0: and now also I should probably have said so we did attend PBA, but we're we're not from the same class. You are no. 2 years behind me, right? I'm 90, I'm 91. Okay, I'm 89. Okay, yeah. And uh so the we knew a lot of the same people. Well, yeah, I mean it's a small school. <laughs> you had to know. At, the, at that somebody. point, it was a small school. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 now a university. It was it was a college when we attended, right? And uh, they had actually capped the student enrollment at fifteen hundred. Yeah. Which I don't know what it is now, but it's a full blown university,
1: I, and I think it's over three thousand now.
0: Okay. All right, and uh, so you had known some of the people that I knew. We we didn't run around in circles together. You knew um
1: oh well i knew i knew babs bar which you knew babs bar my be- secretary for student government right because her boyfriend at that time now husband tim tate was one of my roommates
0: okay yep i've uh babs we're calling you out um yeah just so that you know uh i'm because this will also be an intro to get some other pba folks on Good uh, show as well. So, who else? Um, well, let's start with who have uh, you been in touch with since? I know that when we went to dinner, uh, we went out with uh, Tom McGuire and his wife.
1: Yeah, and I've kind of lost touch with them. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, still stay in touch with uh, Tim Tate and Babs Bar, who's now, of course, Babs Tate, yeah. uh, and uh, Ben Starling, which we knew him as Benji.
0: You Uh, you knew him as Benji. (laughs) And um, I actually, I didn't meet Ben until, oh, what I went to an event at PBA. Okay. I forget which event. And I sat next to him and I sat next to another gentleman who, when he attended, he was student government president. So he was relishing in the fact that he had met me because I guess he had seen some videos and was quite excited. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> we won't talk about the videos. <laughs> You're not going to post those? Um, I have a picture. I'll post a picture and I'll see if anybody can recognize it.
1: Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we didn't run in too many of the same circles. We just, like you said, it was so small that everybody, at least if you brought a name up, you you had heard of the name. Right. You know, you may have not, you didn't, maybe you didn't know them, but you knew that they attended school there. Right.
0: And of course now the dorm you guys were at was
1: Weinberg. Weinberg Yeah. which yeah.
0: kind of like Kathy dorm it was officially off campus
1: <laughs> but but still break Well no our cam- no our campus was our ours was right next to the cafeteria there Wasn't that Dobbs? Dobbs was Dobbs was a little further down Okay but, yeah, but we were right next to the we were right next that's to right. the okay Wayenberg was
0: in between the uh the um parking lot and and Boer, the East Boer Campus Bay Hall when they built East Campus, right? Right, Bourbay Hall there, yeah. Bourbay, okay, that's it. Bourbay was the little one, right? The little house that all the girls No, had. that was
1: well that was the building Bourbay Hall was the building where like almost all the classes took place when we were there. Okay, Bourbay was the
0: yeah, Bourbay was the classroom. What was the little house, the little girl house that was? Oh, uh, that was
1: Northwood. Northwood, okay, yeah, that's right. which is now, which is now part of uh, the library and uh, the green complex, the sporting the sports complex. What did they do tear
0: something down? What was oh
1: uh... Uh, they've torn everything down. the the funeral home's gone. Northwood's gone. I oh. got, yeah, all that stuff is gone. the the, the school. The school bought all that, and uh, that's okay. where the the green complex is, where they play basketball and volleyball uh, at now. And then where where the funeral home was at is now a parking student parking lot. Okay. And uh, next to that is a athletic field for lacrosse and soccer. Just 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 to play around, not official, because you know they've got a they've well, got the built- green complex. Yeah, they built the yeah, big place the out near 95, right? Right, right. In okay. my old neighborhood where I grew up. Okay. Wait a minute. Your old neighborhood. Yeah, I grew up in that neighborhood. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, born and raised in West Palm. Yeah.
0: What was the, I forget, oh, I wish I knew, Tom Cleanscale would know the street that we lived on, which was down, um, what was that, that uh, comedy club and the pizza place? Uh, oh, Ambrosia's? the Carefree. Yeah, the Carefree, Carefree and the th- Ambrosias, because we lived
1: a couple yeah. of streets behind there. So. Yeah, well, Carefree's gone now. Carefree's gone. Yeah, they've torn that down. They're going to put up, I think, uh, shopping and uh, apartments.
0: Goodness, West Palm is tearing everything down. I wish they'd tear down Kathy Dorm. That's still there.
1: Yeah, that's still there. <laughs> that and it's still it's it's still being used by uh, retirement community. It's a retirement home now. Oh, did you see somebody had put on? Uh,
0: they have or still had. I don't know if it's a picture, you know, that they just pretended where they still have their I survive Kathy Dorm
1: t shirt. I wouldn't be surprised, I'm sure. I wish I
0: could find out who that was, folks. If, if anybody listening or watching, yeah, if you know who that was. I didn't, uh, I needed to mark it as a saved item and I forgot.
1: Mm, but, yeah, uh, I'm not sure who that would be. Yeah, so
0: for those who. Let me give you a a brief synopsis of Kathy dorm. Um, Some nights we couldn't sleep because of the rats. Mm
1: -hmm. I never stayed. I never had to live there. Thank goodness. Yeah.
0: And I think once a semester, my mom had to send me money to replace the battery out of my car. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) And it was so bad we couldn't allow students to walk from Kathy dorm to the campus, which was, I don't know, it was about less than a mile. So we actually yeah. had a shuttle service that we had to start because it was, it was too bad to walk even to the McDonald's that was in. Between. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was my college votes. Yes. It's West Palm, but. Yes. Yeah, it
1: was,
0: it wasn't not, the West Palm.
1: No, no, not, not the ones that they, uh, put on the come visit West Palm or Palm uh, Beach, I should say. It's not Palm Beach.
0: No, no, definitely not. Palm Beach was across the coastal. And one thing you never want to do if you're in Palm Beach is run without your shirt.
1: Uh, you know, I think you can do that now. <gasps> really? I think so. I okay. think they've, uh, they've loosened the, uh, the restrictions there a little bit.
0: Okay. <laughs> that was, that was probably one of uh That was not such a good day for me. I was not happy. And of course, I'm sure not. Of course, I accused them of some stuff that probably they weren't doing, but I didn't realize that there was actually an ordinance where you couldn't wear a shirt. I just thought that black man in Palm beach. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So anything else that's uh,
1: been happening since November 3rd? I mean, well, well, you know, yeah, I mean, Uh, amazing, amazing story is, and you saw it on my Facebook, but when I started really getting sick in 2009, probably about 2010, 2011, you know, I was at a point where I just wasn't physically able to drive. And so I gave my truck away to my niece, uh, who needed a vehicle. So last December, I started driving again for the first time in years. And a few families found out that heard my story and someone mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, Todd can't make it to this event because his wife's got to work and they've just got the one car. And they're like, what do you mean? Why doesn't he have a car? So they shared the story with them and they're like, oh, well, we'll take care of that. So about two months ago now, a family called me up and said, hey, meet us at the dealership uh, by your house. And I'm like, well, what dealership is that? And they're like, oh, the BMW. Dealership. So I thought, well, I'm sure they have more than BMWs there. It's, you know, it's a car dealership. And so I get there, and this family, these three families came together and uh, bought me a 2017 uh, BMW. Mm. So, but you know what's interesting? This is the first night that I drove in December. Um, when I got behind the wheel, I felt God telling me, don't buy a car. Someone's going to give you a car and i was like okay well i don't care if it's a 20 year old car or brand new it doesn't matter to me and so 2 months ago a family bought me three families went together and bought me a bought me a vehicle
0: yeah and it's a nice looking car it is i'm still trying to figure it all out <laughs> all right so uh that had to be that had to be i don't know i don't want to say overwhelming but you know, to have somebody do that much.
1: Right. Uh, and this and, is right before the, and this is right before the pan, you know, this is right when the pandemic was starting, Right. you know, so people were concerned about their finances and, you know, worried about, you know, what their businesses were going to look like. And I, you know, I even said, Hey, you know, we can wait until this pandemic's over. I said, I'm, I'm not in that r- big of a rush. And they're like, no, no, we want to do it now. You know, we don't want you not having a vehicle. So, now, are know, these the midst of, go, go ahead. ahead?
0: No, no, you go ahead. Well, I was gonna ask you if these people were, you know, friends or they people from church or from the um, hospital or had seen your story. They,
1: yeah, they're they're um three guys that I do a Bible study with, but I had just joined that Bible study, like, I, I haven't been there for years or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I knew them a little bit, but not enough to say. Hey, let's do dinner together or anything like that. Uh, but they just felt they just felt God calling them to do it, and that's what they wanted to do. So, and the next week, they actually bought a single mom with a uh, with a, a daughter. They bought her a vehicle.
0: Um, are are you doing Bible study on Palm Beach?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So just, you know, just, you know, just, uh, just blessed and, uh, you know, just blessed that, uh, God's put me around people who, you know, for whatever, whatever reason, you know, find my story encouraging and want to be part of it and, uh, want to, uh, just help me out. And one thing I don't think I've, I don't think I've shared this, uh, online or anything like this so this will be breaking news for your for your uh show there mar is that um probably in june um we've been filming there's been a group of people filming a documentary on my life and that's probably going to be released in june oh okay so it's just gonna it's just gonna kind of take kind of Take over where the book left off. Okay. Do you already have a title for it? We're still looking. I don't know if I want to use a blessed overcomer again, or or use something. The man, use something else. So, the, man,
0: the man who refuses to die. Uh,
1: that that could be a
0: possibility. You got a got a you got room in there for me to do a cameo. <laughs> you
1: can do a hey, walk you know, on hey, part. <laughs> hey. You know you you knew me before you know you knew me before I was sick so uh, yeah. you would be. A, I could be the narrator. Uh, hey, there you go. So I'll I'll, I'll talk to them about that. We do have somebody in mind for that, but that if that person doesn't want to do it, I will I will definitely give you a call. All right. Well, you're not going to have that trouble. People are
0: going to want to do stuff, so don't uh, don't worry about me.
1: Well, we will we will keep you updated on um, everything that's going on. So yeah, so like right now we've got like ninety six videos. Of uh, interviews and stuff like that that they're going over. So, all right, uh, you're
0: going to treat it like the Last Dance, like Michael Jordan. You're going to have uh, old clips and stuff. And
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll see if ESPN will show a, a tired old uh, runner that's uh, still trying to relive his glory in some ways while, with running. Yeah. Anything's possible, right? So
0: I can. So I'm going to say this. This is something where I told you before when I you know had you on the other podcast that this is the type of story that I think people want to hear, people need to hear. But it's also something that I, I do want to tell you that one of the reasons that I think things have happened to you the way that they happen is because of the mental fortitude that you've had To one, be comfortable with what's happening around you and not, you know, not blame out anybody, not lash out or anything like that, but to take the stance of being an inspiration. And one of the things that I think got re-ingrained with me from your story is, you know, to always be strong because you never know who's watching and who you will be an inspiration to. So I think that obviously, you know, the people that you were in that Bible study with, you weren't friends with them for very long before they sensed what was inside of you and what was, you know, I don't want to say magnificent. I'm, I'm struggling for a word there, but they saw something, and they knew that they needed to help, and they did. And I think that other people along your journey Have all seen that and have all pitched in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely, this whole journey has definitely been a group effort. Like, I mean, you know, everybody from medical to just family and friends, um, you know, a great wife who, you know, uh, when people ask me what is the greatest thing about receiving your healing, Um, you know, they expect me to say, oh, I'm running again or oh, I can drive again, I can eat again. But the greatest thing is, is that for about the last, from about 2009 until my healing, Laura used to have this stick in the house. And every morning, if I wasn't awake when she went to work, she would poke me with that stick to make sure that I was still alive. Because my breathing was so shallow and so labored at that point um, that sometimes she's like, I can't, I couldn't tell if you were breathing. So every morning she would poke me with this little stick. And if she saw me move, she's like, okay, I can go to work. And I at least know he's alive at this point, you know, and then of course I would have to text her when I got up to let her know I was up, you know, so she doesn't, she didn't have that stick anymore. You know, we were able to throw that stick out. Good. And, you know, so that's the greatest, you know, that's the greatest thing about this, you know, about this. Healing is, you know, my wife doesn't have to wonder every day, you know, is he gonna be alive when I wake up and is or is he gonna be alive when I get home from work? Mm. So she's a true hero in all this. I'm just I'm just kind of the sideshow. You know, right. she's 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 the main attraction.
0: So I, I should probably take that as an opportunity to reference the book now. You know, it's titled The Blessed Overcomer, uh, The Crazy, Beautiful Journey of Todd and Laura Shoemaker. So Laura contributed to this book a lot. Um, yes. I think at the end of every chapter, is it every chapter where she gives her perspective yes. on, yeah. on uh, that, what yeah, she that went through as well?
1: Right. Yeah, that was part of the, you know, when we were talking to the publishers, I had two conditions. Um, that I said, you you have to say yes to our I'll have to find somebody else. One was Laura had to share her part of the story as much as she wanted to. And uh, because, I mean, she's been with me since the beginning of all this. And caregivers tend to be forgotten uh, when someone's going through a health issue because all the attention's on the patient and the caregiver kind of gets forgotten. And they're going through, like I told, like I used to tell everybody. My job was really easy because the doctors would say, you can do this, this, and this, and you can't do that. So I had a, I kind of had a play playbook of how to get through this with a caregiver. There is no playbook, uh, you know, for them to reference it's, it's every day. What are we going to face today? Because maybe today Todd wakes up and can't breathe. And what do I do? You know? So, um, and the second and the second thing was I wanted to put my phone number and email address at the end of the book because I wanted people to feel free and comfortable to reach out to Laura and I um, if they were going through whatever whether it was a health issue or just a life storm. I wanted them to know that there were people out there that would take their phone call, would walk the journey with them, and uh, give them, you know, all the guidance that we could give.
0: So definitely uh, I'm going to put a link to the book in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to put it on the Facebook page after the video goes live and on the YouTube page as well. Uh, So for people that want to go to Amazon and purchase the book, uh, you can do that. But Todd, I, I want to go back and make sure I don't look at Laura as just simply a caregiver in this whole journey, basically right. when I've seen her, it's more of a partner. This is oh, you yes. and her standing together, facing whatever you guys face. I, yeah. I never saw her as a caregiver. Now, obviously that's, you know, part of it, but yeah, you know, I didn't see or sense from her that that was her role. Her role was to be your partner.
1: Yes. And, and I, th- you know, and I just use caregiver just as a, a word, you know, a phrase that people recognize, right. but yeah, she was, she was a partner, cheerleader, uh, chauffeur, you know, pretty much every role that you can think of. She's played, but yeah, most importantly, you know, it's just a partnership, you know, and, you know, we always believe that it's not a 50, 50 thing. It's a hundred. She given, she gave a hundred percent and I've given a hundred percent. So it's, for us, it's never been a 50-50 thing. It's been her 100% and my 100% and just trying to, um, you know, just trying to navigate through all this because, you know, when you, you know, when you're in your 30s and you're told that you have cancer and you may not make it and you've only been married a few years, you don't know, you know, like, you know, people that have had cancer, you know, you know, I've you know, and you know people that have been sick, but it's one of those things that until you start walking through it, it's easy to say, "Well, I understand and everything," but nobody, nobody knows how to navigate, and we had nobody to help navigate us through all the medical jargon and everything like that. So that's, you know, we decided a long time ago, if as long as God has me here on Earth, um, we were going to play that role for for whoever. Needed us to play that role of figuring out the medical
0: beautiful, so let me ask this: Have you made any big plans going forward? anything you know because th- the last time you had some big news, well, I shouldn't say the last time, but there you usually follow up you know news with something big, you skydiving, you know stuff like that. so what's on the horizon for you?
1: Um, you know. I'm just not, you know, I'm not really sure. I think it's you know, I think the opportunities um, to be able to share my story more are gonna are gonna be out there. And you know, I started, you know, and I think you're aware that I've started a unofficial, I don't even know if you I guess you can call it a ministry where a um, we have a group of folks that go to the hospitals. Uh, throughout Palm Beach County, and we pray outside the hospitals, whether we know somebody that's in there or not, um, we try to do that once or twice a week. Right. And uh, you know that's been a blessing because, especially during this time, we've been able to pray a lot for uh, nurses and medical staff that are coming in and leaving the hospital. We've been able to pray for them and thank them for all that they're doing. So that's kind of that's kind of the thing that I'm doing right now, and just looking at. Uh, just looking at opportunities, just, just to serve others. You know, know, that's, you know, that's always been my big thing is serving others. And now that I physically can do more uh, than I was able to do in the past, I just think that that is going to uh, my servings just going to increase.
0: All right. So I noticed that, you know, I go to your Facebook page all the time and you can find todd's facebook page at todd oc shoemaker and then you yeah. still doing the blog at the blessedovercomer.org? yes still doing that okay so i'll put the links for that so anybody that wants to go over and take a peek at uh what todd's been doing and follow his uh future endeavors uh any other things any other places to
1: have people go or um those are those are the two main ones, and then I do have a Facebook page called the Blust Overcomer uh, that they can go to. Okay, um, also on Facebook and on both Todd O C Shoemaker and the Blust Overcomer on uh, on Twitter and on uh, Instagram.
0: Okay, oh, you're the social media mogul, Twitter and the, <laughs> and the IG.
1: So, yeah. So she started doing some TikTok videos. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so, you know, but yeah, I mean, years ago, you know, God really, because when I first got sick, Marvin, I didn't want anybody to know, you know, I told Laura, I said, you know, nobody needs to know, you know, we'll get through this. But I realized one, that was a big strain on her and two I needed to be able to share with people so people knew how to pray for me and what they could do to help Laura, you know, um, and you know, whether that was just coming by and hanging out with me so she could go do some arts and crafts or just go to the beach or, or whatever. So, but once I started doing that, I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to start sharing my story in a public way. And hopefully it'll, will encourage one person, you know, if one person says, Hey, I'm encouraged by that guy's story. Um, then I've done my job.
0: And that's the way to live. Like I said, you know, you never know who's watching and who you can inspire. Right. Um, right. So, folks, that's yep. that's a lesson. Let your life be an inspiration to others, yeah. regardless of of your situation.
1: So. Well, you know, and Marvin, we all we all you know we all have a story to tell, but it's up to us to tell that story. Right. Nobody. You know, nobody else can tell our story uh, but us. And, you know, some people say, well, Todd, you got an amazing story to tell. Well, all of us have an amazing story to tell. You know, we just have to believe that our stories are amazing and feel free to share those with others.
0: Well, even if you don't believe it's amazing, you share it. Because yes. that's the one thing I do know is that uh, every story means something to somebody. So, sorry, it right. was freaking gnat flying around my head so that's okay
1: that's (laughs) fine this is not the professional studio (laughs) hey i hey i used i used to do those movements all the time you know but but i couldn't control them
0: right ah all right well so i tell laura sorry she couldn't be with us i should have made it a point to say that she should pop on and uh we'll do that but we'll save that for when the documentary gets released so yeah
1: maybe uh, yeah, maybe maybe you can have her on one night and just let her be the rock star that she is on your show. Absolutely.
0: That's my goal is to have everybody I've ever come in contact with be on this show at some yeah. point. Yeah. That'll be great. All right. So folks, uh Todd, the blessed overcomer shoemaker. Todd, the OC, the real OC, I put in one of the titles. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming on again and uh oh, thank you me. so much for having me and like I said, thanks I'm for having s- me yeah. sorry that i didn't uh you know make it an effort like i said i knew i wanted to to watch you when the the one race was coming up but then the pandemic hit and all this stuff so um,
1: yeah well once, you know once you know i i do you know my next race that hopefully will happen after all this flows through will be in october okay one that they had to reschedule from uh late march right. so i'll keep you updated on that
0: all right and you'll let me know when the documentary comes out and yes. um, when Broward, when we get lifted from our stay at home orders, uh, we'll probably just pop up there and say hello at some point anyway. Yeah. All right. no, I'll to, hey, sounds, me, sounds, you, Laura, and Kim can all hang out. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. All right, Todd, thank you very much, folks. Thank you for watching. And if you're listening to the Uncle Marv podcast, you have just heard Todd Shoemaker my friend from Palm Beach Atlantic University. And uh, we will obviously be keeping tabs on him. And as updates come up for the documentary and other stuff, we will get him back on. So thank you very much, Todd. Thank you so much for having me and God bless. All right, everybody else have a good night. And until next time, holla.